And so it should give us an encouragement to realize the Lord is indeed coming soon. This morning, I began talking about a lesson on trials and tribulations. And there was that sense that, in fact, trials and tribulations are Here we are in the midst of trials and tribulations. And I know I put up a little cartoon and uh, I... um, of a hammer and a nail and a bolt talking to the nail and basically the cartoon was you know uh, I don't understand it seems like uh, the more you get hit on you get hit on the head a lot and the nail responds yep but the more I get hit it's driving me deeper into faith and perseverance and it had on the hammer written trials you may be able to see that or understand it or look at it. I don't know. It may not have come through in the best uh, light. But the point of it is that's what trials and tribulations are supposed to do. And we know James opened his book and Simon opened Simon Peter opened his book and I read those this morning and I talked about those and and talking about tribulations and trials and temptations. I shouldn't use the word tribulation. Maybe it was mainly trials and temptations and I told you that they put them together a lot. I always looked at them as being sort of separate because I looked at temptations as trying to draw us away from God and what trials are is to try to drive us into God. And yet we've all been tempted during a time of trial to, you know, want to escape, want to get away, want to put it all behind us. And I know right now in the midst of COVID-19, 2020, everybody is ready to go. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm through with it. I'm exhausted. I don't want to have any more. And I just want to go out and hug everybody. And I want to just, and yet, that temptation uh, is that there that you know we would ignore or doing what we can and doing what we should be doing so anyway we realize then from looking at that that in fact temptation will happen even in a moment of trial and so we read James the fifth chapter where he talks about how that in this moment that Job saw the end of the Lord and that that the Lord was full of compassion very pitiful is what the King James interpreted as and and of tender mercy those words were not often used in the Bible in fact that very pitiful word is only used the only time is in that verse in James where he says in fact uh, what what that means is that it means full of compassion tender mercy is that sense of Lord you've been so good and so merciful that word is only used two times in the Bible there in Luke and there in James and it's talking about be merciful like your heavenly father 
Father is merciful. And we then mentioned about how Jacob, and we talked about Jacob this morning and how Jacob got impacted and he was a con man and he was a deceiver and he was a manipulator and he manipulated everyone and he was able to figure everything out and yet the Lord brought him down to where he had to limp and he had no other resource but God and that's when God was able to change his name from Jacob to Israel, a prince of God. So what is that? That tells you that in fact God is able to take our trials and our tests and move them into something that will transform us. So I know I don't like going through them. I want to be prayed for and be delivered of them. I don't want to have a trial. I don't want to go through COVID-19, 2020. I don't want to have to get up and preach to an empty church. I don't want to do all this stuff. I don't want to put all this burden. I would rather us just be a, but you know what? God's using all of this for his glory. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know, understand at all. But one thing I do know is God is still in control. He's not lost control. I don't care what the WHO, uh, the WHO people say or the CDC. I don't care whether they get a vaccine or not. I know a God that is still on the throne and none of this has caught him off guard. And I read to you then about Jacob and then I read about David. What I, I don't think I read about David. I got right here to David in Psalms of 51st chapter where David had sinned and he brought about his own brokenness. He was the one that, you know, it wasn't somebody else that did it to him. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, he didn't manipulate and God didn't get him. It wasn't that God got Jacob, if you will. I mean, it was Jacob's manipulation that kind of brought God into his life there to touch his thigh. But David, on the other hand, says in Psalms 51, have mercy on me, O Lord, because of your loving kindness. There's almost that similar word because of your loving kindness, your compassion, your mercy. Oh, out of the multitude of your tender mercies, an Old Testament phrase that's very similar to the one we read in James, blot out my transgression. Of course, that's in, in Hebrew. The one we read was in Greek. Brought out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. You want truth on the inward parts. You have, you have the want the hidden part to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Oh Lord and the bones which thou hast broken. David said Lord you've done this so that I'll repent. Now, I know not everything that happens to us is because of God making us want to repent. But somehow David then said that I, the bones that you've broken, I want to rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. What are you saying? David was saying, I'm broken. I don't know where you are in the midst of all this, how you've handled this trial. 
Maybe you've been wonderful. Maybe you've stood up when we stood up. Maybe you've worshipped. Maybe you. Maybe this has made you stronger. Or maybe this trial of COVID has made you feel like, I don't feel like I can get a hold of God. I just feel like he's a million miles. I don't know. What, I just, it's just frustrating. I, I'm so angry. I'm so, even if my own sin or transgression has caused my broken bones, I want you to know I serve a God who is able to restore, who's able to wash, who's able to cleanse my emotions, create in me a clean heart, who's able to renew a right spirit within me. Oh, I got to be real. I've got to acknowledge my transgression. I've got to be truthful on the inward parts. I can't live a lie and expect God to come down and wash and cleanse. But you know what? If I say, Lord, purge me with hyssop. Hyssop was used when they put the door, the blood on the door post. If you'll just let the blood of Jesus wash you and touch you, I'm here to tell you no matter how broken you may feel, no matter how gutted you may feel, God is able to renew your spirit and he's able to renew you and keep you through every trial and test. Oh. Well, you say, well, it wasn't my fault. I didn't sin. I, I got... Wounded when I was five years old. I was a kid. And I, I, I got broken when I was just a kid. Well, the Lord's got an example in the Old Testament of somebody that happened to. A young by, man by the name of Mephibosheth. You can read it in Second Samuel 19th chapter. And before that, it was an accident. He was, nurse was running and she dropped him and broke his legs. <laughs> Yet... Mephibosheth was the grandson of a king, had a prominent position, yet he was excluded. His daddy, Jonathan, was killed and his grandfather was killed and David became the king. And I'm sure if they would have believed in prayer lines and healing and doctors, they would have taken him to the doctor over and over again. What can we do? What surgery can we have? How are we going to fix this? We need to get him healed. We need to get him better. But the Lord gave us a beautiful example in the Old Testament that you know what? God doesn't always have to fix everything in your life for you to be able to sit at the king's table. Oh, what a privilege it is that he brought Mephibosheth in and sat him at the king's table. And when David was exiled from the kingdom for a while, the Bible says that Mephibosheth refused to refresh himself. He refused to trim his beard. He refused to shave or eat or whatever. He was not going to allow the fact the king is not here. Oh, he had such a desire to be in the presence of the king. I don't care how broken you are. I don't care what's happened to you when you're five. I don't care where you've been, what you've done. God is able to have a place for you at the table and you can be refreshed in his presence. Oh, I have to be that committed of course, Psalms, the 31st chapter, David talks about how others have treated him. And I'm sure everybody here has been treated, mistreated at times. Everybody that's watching probably has had situations where I felt like I wasn't understood. And 
David said in Psalms 31, I was a reproach among my enemies, especially my neighbors. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I'm like a broken vessel. I've heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. They took counsel against me. They devised to take my life. But what does he say? I trusted in thee, O Lord. Thou art my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those that persecute me. You know, too many times we want to pray for deliverance. We want to pray, God, get me out of this. When our focus needs to be right on who God is. God, you know where I am. You know what I'm going through. I don't understand it all. I don't know what your plan is. But Lord, I serve you. And I love you. And I don't care what anybody else says or does I'm going to start praising you my time is in your hands oh Lord deliver me from the hand of my enemies and those that persecute me make your face to shine upon your servant save me for thy mercy's sake what are you saying pastor should I ever pray for deliverance yes but in the midst of praying for deliverance start saying Lord I want you to shine, make your face to shine on me I want you to lift up your countenance upon me I want you to bless me. I want to keep my focus and my attention on who you are and how big you are because how big you are answers all the questions. The Lord refused to answer Job's questions. He first just simply said, can you make a snowflake, Job? Do you know how to put a hook in a dragon's jaw. Of course, it's poetry. Can you do all these things, Job? Can you find where the mountain goats go? I'm in control here. And that's what we've got to focus on in the midst of a trial and tribulation. I know. I've been bombarded. I've read every, I've listened, I've listened to, I've listened to reports from Fauci to, you know, to Atkins, to you name it. I, I've listened to them all. I've listened to, you know, the conspiracy theorists and I, I've tried to sort through all of it. I've tried to figure it all out. And, you know, I finally got to the point where I said, Lord, I'm going to just start focusing on you in the midst of this trial. I don't know what all you're doing and I don't know why you're doing what you're doing and allowing to happen but one thing I do know Lord is I want to be ready for the influx of souls and revival we want to do all that we can we want to be wise give us wisdom Lord and I started focusing rather than answer I, I can't answer all the questions I wish I could tell you well is so and so behind this or what's this or is this video right or is that I don't know but one thing I do know is I serve a God God, that if I catch this tomorrow he can heal me or he can take me from this world to the glow I don't know if he will but one thing I don't hesitate to answer you O king our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace oh I, I have to somehow be patient and endure my trials by keeping my eyes on the coming of the Lord. I read these verses earlier, read them tonight, and I read them this morning. Be patient, therefore, James, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse, and I'm going to just quickly go through the last few verses of James 5. His whole book is about temptation and trial. 
But here it is. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Because as the husband waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience, you know what? Until he receives the early and latter rain, be ye also patient or have endurance. Oh, God, baptize us not with patience but endurance to be able to run this race. Hey, if we can't run this, how are we going to run with the horses? That's what the Bible says. He says, until he has long patience for it, until he receives his early and latter rain, be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Oh, that was written 2,000 years ago. It's not, uh, let me tell you, it's sooner now than it was 2,000 years ago. The Lord's coming is closer now than it was this morning. I don't know I don't know what else is left to show the world that in fact, you know what we you know, I, I don't know what we're what else would take for people to recognize, be ye patient, for the coming of the Lord draws nigh. And then he says, Grudge not against one another, another. Brethren, lest you be condemned, for the judge stands at the door. What that means is I, I can't complain and get grumble and get mad at everybody else because the judge is watching. Oh, man, that's, I've already messed up. I get mad. I go into a store and, and it says, don't come in this aisle, go into the next aisle and then come around and come out this way. And I walk all the way around and try to obey and somebody comes down the aisle the other way. And I'm not wearing a mask and they're wearing two masks and they start getting right up in my face. And I start grudging one another. And I start grumbling and complaining. Now maybe you haven't had that. And I say, oh God, the judge is standing at the door. Lord, I need to bless them. <laughs> I don't want to bless them. Maybe you're all right. Maybe I don't, this is preaching just to me, pastoring tonight on Sunday night. I know all of our Sunday mornings aren't logged on, but maybe it's just you and I that need this. But I start grudging one another and complaining. And he said, don't complain, brethren, against one another. In the NIV ver or in the Amplified Version, he said, don't complain against one another so that you yourselves may not be judged. Look, the judge is already standing at the door. Remember, you know, judge not lest you be judged. People that live in glass houses, you say, well, I'm just, they just need to know. And I understand. I just need to, and I need to be the one to tell them, oh, really? Maybe I just need to say, Lord, I, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them all. Why? Because I know people are bound by fear and anxiety and they're stressed. You know what? And I have the peace, the, the Prince of Peace. Why should I be so anxious and frustrated? And, you know, when, when somebody's pushing by me to get, to the last roll of toilet paper. Hallelujah, Lord, you're, you got this. I, I know we've had, and we still offer to try to help anybody that we can, but God's been so good to us all. 
He supplied our needs. Oh, there were times whenever I bought bread that I didn't really like, wasn't my favorite bread, and I didn't, I bought eggs that weren't my favorite eggs, and whatever, but you know what? I still had eggs, and I still had bread, and well, I, I like a, a, a thin a, a tortilla chip, you know, the thin and crispy, and they didn't have that all the time, but you know what? I, I still ate a few chips, sorry to say. Oh, Lord! We talked about it a few weeks ago, the parable of the man that had been forgiven the impossible to repay debt of 10 million or more. And he took another man that owed him a debt of about 20 bucks by the throat and threw him in prison. In Matthew the 18th chapter, what are you saying? We've been blessed. We've been forgiven so much. How can I hold a grudge? How can I? It's time for me to let forgiveness flow. The Bible says in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive. What are you saying? I'm looking for the coming of the Lord in the midst of my trial, in the midst of my test. I don't want to hold a grudge. I don't want to have any kind of anger that's in my spirit. Not only that let's just go to the next verse Matthew, James 5th chapter 12th verse he said above all things brethren swear not neither by heaven nor earth neither by any other oath but let your yes be yes and your no no lest you fall into condemnation basically what he was saying is I ought to keep my word and allow others keep their word and not, and not curse somebody else and I don't think anybody in here is having a cussing fit although I'm telling you when you're in the midst of a trial you'd feel like it you know I just would like to let you know how I really feel because my emotions are right at the boiling point oh God let me get that cleansed out of my system. Leviticus, it says, Don't swear by my name falsely, neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord. I am the Lord. What are you saying? How do you profane the Lord? You know, the Bible says in Exodus, Don't take the name of the Lord God in vain, because he that I won't hold him guiltless. What are you saying? The sin of my mouth and the words of my lips, let them be even taken in their pride. Oh, God, help me in this hour that I don't take my trial and I take it out on everybody and I get angry at people and I say well you know what they're not I, oh I could just I could let them have it I could rip them up one side and down the other with my words James said whatever you do whenever you're going through your trial and your test don't fall prey to that Whew. pastor but it's my natural response to blame everybody else well, if I'd have had a different husband or a different wife or different kids or if I would have been raised or if I, you know what? My parents, they were, ju they were just terrible. And my, my this, and I, huh? And I just, it's all coming out my mouth. You know what? At some point, this is supposed to be used for blessing. This is supposed to be used for encouragement. This is supposed to be used to say, Lord, how great you are and how greatly to be praised. Oh, how can sweet and bitter water come out of the same source? What are you saying? Oh, I, I, I want, you know, and we're living in such a world that, you know, we can say one thing and promise and then and not. Oh, God, I, I can do it on my own. No, I want to tell you something. He that can control his tongue, you say, is able to control the whole. I, all I know is that's the greatest temptation that happens in your trial. And James addressed it. 
He said, if you're not careful, your mouth will run away with you. Then he said, in the next verse, verse 13, is any among you afflicted? What? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. What was he saying? He was basically saying, we know about the prayer, you know, I, I need to pray. Well, I, you know, if I, I have something wrong with me, I, if I'm not careful, I just get mad about it. Take it to God. Pray about it. How, how much did you pray about it? Well, I asked the Lord to take it away and he didn't do it. Well, then say, Lord, what lesson are you trying to teach me? <clears throat> Is any merry? Let him sing. Well, you say, I don't have a song to sing. I'm not merry. You know what Jesus told his disciples in Luke? He said, you shouldn't have to rejoice because devils are subject to you because you can cause people to get up and be healed. But rejoice in this, that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I, as, as I was listening to some of these Jewish uh, individuals talk about their experience with Yeshua as they call Jesus the salvation. My wife mentioned it a few weeks ago when she spoke and I, I thought and they said I felt his presence walk in the room and I, I couldn't help but tears well up in my eyes and I thought oh if you only knew you can have that same spirit that got Jesus out of the dead oh brother right I should rejoice every day that I know who he is that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life that as a Gentile I've been grafted in oh he said in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, by him, therefore, let us offer a sacrifice of praise to God continually. Sometimes it's a sacrifice to praise him. Sometimes I don't feel like praising him. Sometimes in the midst of my trial, I, don't, I just want out of it. I don't want to praise God. But he said, there's a sacrifice that I got to make. I got to start letting the Lord know, Lord, you are so great. Oh, you're so powerful. The fruit of your lips giving thanks. You keep reading in James, and there's just a couple more. Four, there's just like four more verses. James, the fifth chapter, 14 and 15, says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. If he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What do you say? Keep asking for prayer. Keep getting anointed. Keep asking for forgiveness of sins. Oh, well, I prayed over it once. The Lord knows if he wants to heal me, he can do it. Oh, sure he can. But you know what? Me getting down on my knees every, every once in a while and saying, Oh God, you know what I need today. You know what I... Well, I've prayed over this. I don't need to... Oh... There's a, there's a whole parable about the unjust judge that some woman would not stop bugging the judge. Lord, save my family. Oh, what are you doing? I prayed. I told the Lord, oh, but I'm going to keep going before the throne of grace. I'm going to keep saying, Lord, I need you to move. Lord, I need you to touch. Lord, I need you to, oh, I, yeah. Not only that, forgiveness of sins. I get to this list in James and by the time I start reading a couple verses I think oh God I need forgiveness again today Lord 
I need to wash me again today, Lord. Oh, I'm, I'm, I got it. I'm, I'm holy. I'm perfect. I'm, no, I'm a sinner saved by the grace of God. In the last couple of verses, he said it like this. I got to keep confessing my faults so I can pray like a righteous man. Remember what the word said there? James, fifth chapter. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. It didn't say confess every sin. You don't have to tell everybody every sin. But if you're struggling with something, just say, hey, Lord, I got a weakness. You got to pray for me. Help me get, a, get an accountability partner. Get somebody that will help me. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and yet he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it didn't rain for the space of three years and six months, and he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, brought forth her fruit. And then the last two verses, I, I put them wrong on this slide. It says James 5, 16 and 18, and it's actually James 5, 19 and 20. And the last two verses of this text in the fifth chapter says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. In the Amplified Classic it said, whoever turns a sinner from his evil course will save that one soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins and procure the pardon of many sinners of the many sins committed by the convert. What are you saying? In this hour, they can come. Get ready to sing. In the midst of my trial, in the midst of my test, I'll be very candid with you. I've been quick to say, Lord, you know what? You should have taken us out of here before all this happened. We didn't have to go through it. We're part of the bride. We're part of the church. I don't know that we needed all this. And the Lord says, "If reminded me of Abraham's prayer, if there's just 10 more that are left in the city. I don't know. I don't know. We may see a big surge back and people get converted. and I don't know. Then the rapture may take place. I don't know. But one thing I do know, as James said, in the midst of my trial and my test, I got to remember there are still some people out there that need God. And we want to be ready to say, let me tell you, you don't have to just meet him as a presence in the room. He can fill your tabernacle. You can be full, full of the Holy Ghost speaking in a heavenly language as the Spirit of the Lord flows through you. You can be buried in Jesus' name in the waters of baptism. What are you saying? I don't know where you are spiritually. You're listening to me. But I'm here to tell you tonight you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost right where you are. You don't have to. Ha I wish you were here praying at our altar, but you don't have to be. 
ability for God to fill you with his spirit right now. And if you're a backslider, listen to me carefully. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. The Lord is fixing to come. It's time to come home. Oh, I don't care what you've done, what you've said. We'll love you through it all. For love covers a multitude of sins. Would you just raise your hands and pray with me right now for every backslider. Jesus, we feel you right now. God, we know you're here. You've spoken the truth.